0: You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Sharing the gospel. Talking with friends and family about spiritual things. Evangelism. Oh, I can see the excitement in the room. For those of us who, who know and, and love Jesus, we, we know that this is something that we're called to do, yeah? And for those of us who know and love Jesus, uh, who have plenty of friends and family who don't yet know the love of Jesus Christ, this is something that we likely really want to do too, yes? A few of us? That's good. You know, many of us know what's in store, even as we've just reflected on communion in that beautiful little book. Many of us know what's in store for those who love and persevere and follow Jesus and remain faithful to him until the very end, don't we? Great things are in store for those who love Jesus. And at the flip side, we know the other reality as well. We know that for those who refuse to follow Jesus in this life, there ain't anything good in store for them, yeah? And none of us, none of us want to see anyone we know or love or even those people we don't yet know and love taking that path, do we? But for many of us, even though we, we know and, and deep down we, we, have a, we have a desire to share the gospel with others, when it comes to actually sharing it, we feel stuck. We feel paralyzed even. Perhaps we think about sharing Jesus with others and and we immediately feel like this big wave of anxiety just washing over us, throwing us off course. Our palms start becoming really sweaty. We're all clammy. Our throats tighten. We think we're having an anaphylactic reaction. Our hearts beat faster and faster and we find ourselves in that kind of place where we feel like we just need to go and have a lie down, yeah? Can anyone relate to that? Perhaps we think about sharing Jesus with others and reflect on, well, you know, we do some honest heart kind of evaluation, or maybe we don't even need to do that because it's right at the forefront of our minds. Perhaps we think about sharing Jesus and we become fearful that people will actually look at how we're living our lives and get turned off because we're hypocritical. We talk the talk, but more often than not, we're not walking the walk. And this leads us to not go there in conversation with people out of fear or shame. Yeah? Perhaps for some of us, we're, we're really keen to kind of go there in conversation with people we interact with, but practically we just don't know how to do it. We just don't know where to start. We want to have those conversations, but we don't know how to have those kind of conversations. How to talk about Jesus and faith and meaning and purpose without having the opposite effect we're trying to take, without driving people further away from Jesus in where we're hoping to draw them closer. So what do we do? What do we do? Bury our head in the sand? Seek forgiveness when we come to the pearly gates? What do we do? How can we successfully play our part in seeing friends, family, co-workers, random strangers that God brings across our path and invites us to share the good news with, to come to know and love and follow Jesus? Well, today, firstly, I'm going to share a very quick biblical basis of why we are called to share the gospel. And then I want to share three of the 10. So, Hear that? Three of ten. Not ten. Three of Sam Chan, who some of you might know this great book. It's called How to Talk with Skeptics. And basically, it's got some really practical, down-to-earth, it's not overly academic, it's the sort of every woman, every man read around how to have effective gospel conversations with people. And if you're not familiar with Sam Chan, he's He's a well-known evangelist in Australia. He is a speaker with the City Bible Forum, and he's written many, many, many wonderful books on this topic, one one Christian book of the year, I believe, just the other year. And he has actually devoted his life to encouraging and equipping other believers to share the gospel. And he was really challenged because he was leading a very successful life. He was a GP, he was well-respected, And he felt God say, no, I want you to leave that in order to do this. And he obeyed, and um, he's just been on a wild ride ever since. So how's that sound? Sound good? Well, how about we start by praying and just inviting God to minister to and encourage us as we seek to share the gospel with others. Let's pray. Yeah, loving God, we thank you that your heart is just so for seeing people come to know you. You you want to see people come to know you even more than we want to see people come to know you. It's what led you to come to earth. It's what led you to constantly reach out to people all through the Old Testament. And then it's what led you, after you'd come to earth, to equip all these people, your followers, to go out to the very ends of the earth, sharing the gospel with all nations. You have a burning passion and heart to see people come to know you. And so God, I pray that you would just work in our hearts so that not only would we understand this at an intellectual level, but Lord, that we would capture your heart for sharing the gospel with others and that you would start to just work some, some thoughts, some practicalities into our lives, into our hearts so that we can be people who aren't only receivers of the good news but are sharers of it as well. So God... Speak to us, guide us, shape us, that we might be with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's start. Firstly, why should we share the gospel? Well, there's plenty of reasons, but the most obvious one is this Jesus Christ commanded his followers to share the gospel. That's pretty well the main reason. In Jesus' final address to his disciples before he ascended again to sit at the right hand of his Father after his resurrection, Jesus said these words, and for some of us, these might be familiar words to us. They're collectively known as the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You might have heard people say something like this before. Making Jesus' last words our first priority or Jesus' final words our first priority. Yeah? And you know there's no question that sharing the gospel is implicit if we're making disciples of all nations, isn't it? There's no doubt. You can't, you can't make disciples, by definition a disciple is a follower, so you can't make someone into something if they don't know what the something is that they're following. Yeah? Does that make sense? We need to We need to um, invite people to follow Jesus, to become disciples. And in order to do so, we need to, yes, sure, model with our conduct, our Christian conduct, our values, all that sort of thing. But let's be clear, friends, that is not enough. That is not enough. I'll be honest. I'll be real with you. Many times I've used that as a bit of a security blanket and a bit of an excuse for not actually having the verbal conversations with people. And it's actually not enough. There's plenty of good atheists in our world. There's plenty of good Buddhists, Sikhs, Muslims, plenty of good people. We can't just think that, oh, I'm being good and eventually they'll realise it's because Christ's in my life and he's dealt with my sin and he's made me new. No, we actually need to verbalise it as well. Anyway. We need to point them to the wonder of all that we looked at with the kids just before, to the reality of what God has done in coming to the earth, in dying for the sins of the world, in the beauty and the fulfillment that relationship with Jesus brings us now. And the great future that's in store for all people who persevere and love Jesus to the very end. Yeah? So Jesus calls us to. Other writers in the New Testament also encourage us to be ready, to be prepared for gospel conversations. For example, the Apostle Paul in Colossians 4, 5 to 6, he urges us to be people who walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Here we go. Let your speech always be gracious Seasoned with salt. Why? So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Where to be wise? Where to recognize that time is short because it is, isn't it? I mean, man, I, I'm not even halfway through my life, and I'm realizing it too. My my firstborn that I remember holding in the hospital is going on nine. Like, where does that time go? We're to let our speech be gracious, so that we can effectively answer any questions that might come our way, but also so that we might be equipped to have meaningful gospel conversations with other people. Yeah? And the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 3.15, he gives us very similar encouragement. He exhorts us in our hearts to honour Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. As followers of Christ, we're called to be people who share the reason for the hope we have, the gospel, Jesus, and have gospel conversations with others. But here's the kicker, with gentleness and respect with gentleness and respect. I don't know about you. You can probably think of different examples of this over the years. Maybe you've even been there at different times in your um, eagerness to share the gospel with others. But I think we wouldn't be wrong in saying that we need some more gentleness and respect in sharing the gospel with others, don't we? Now, this is super, super, super important. So hear this today, friends. Who knows that people will never get excited about something that they're hearing someone else share if that someone isn't excited about the thing they're sharing? Who knows that's true? It's true, isn't it? It's absolutely true. I'll give you an example. I have the privilege of being a pastor and fielding endless calls from telemarketers. What a privilege that is. I just got a captive audience of people who want to talk with me. And they're trying to sell us things. They, they call up and they're trying to sell us things. And I can't tell you the number of conversations with a telemarketer that has gone down like this. This is what they say. Hi, Am I speaking with the manager of the Liberty Family Church? Okay, do I have a great offer for you today. We have a very special rebate. This is only for the month of January for eligible customers to receive yawn, boring. I don't care what you're selling me. I don't want it. I don't wants it. I don't want your solar panels. I don't want your electric hot water system. I'm not interested. You're not interested. Because here's the point, friends. Here's the point. We won't have gospel conversations that, God willing, play a part in seeing people come to know and love and follow or even consider for the very first time, that there is a God who loves them passionately if our own hearts aren't completely gripped by the wonder of the gospel. Let me say that again. We won't have those gospel conversations that we're called to have and that deep down we long to have with others if our own hearts aren't truly captured by the wonder of the gospel. It's just not going to happen. We're not selling something. We're not trying to sell Jesus like a telemarketer. But, like it was for me in hearing this completely disinterested telemarketer after disinterested telemarketer, if our heart's just not in sharing the gospel, it's going to be really obvious to those that we're sharing with. And, will likely, God willing, you know, God sometimes <laughs> he can speak through a donkey. He could probably use our worst efforts. But they will likely turn them off actually wanting to hear the very good news that we've got to share. But, but friends, when our hearts are in it, man, like we're on fire. We're passionate. We're alive. The spirit is at work and doing stuff in us and through us. And then what happens is it's just a natural overflow. It's not like we have to go, oh, I should share the gospel with this person. The gospel's here and we can't help but get it out. Jesus has changed my life. You have no idea. I was having this trouble with finances and then I prayed about it and God's miraculously moved in it. It's, It's just, you can't explain it. You know what I'm saying? No longer do we When we're in that place, when the gospel is here in our hearts, no longer do we see the gospel as something that we should do, or we need to, or we are just commanded to do, but we actually see sharing the gospel as a privilege, as an honour, because we know it's actually good news. It's been good news for us, and it continues to be the best of news for us. Who's with me? So that's my tip, not, not Sam Chance, but that's my tip, all right? First and foremost, if we want to effectively share the gospel, if we want to see people we know, if we want to see people we love, if we want to see our enemies come to bow the knee before Jesus, we need to love and know and enjoy and worship Jesus ourselves. We need to have the gospel right here inside. And as we do that, as we do that, each and every day, the gospel comes more alive in our hearts. God works it. Colin Buchanan has a great song called Live in the Gospel. It's not some abstract thing to be out here or talk about on a Sunday. It's to be lived and breathed and enjoyed and outworked. And God longs to do that by his Holy Spirit. And then each day, our hearts will be changed. Our actions, our motivations, our attitudes, our behaviours will be changed. And we will be more effective in witnessing through our behaviour, but also in sharing the gospel with others as led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's the foundation we all need for effective gospel communications. So let me ask you today, is that currently your foundation? Is that currently your foundation? Has the good news of Jesus so gripped your heart, so gripped your heart, that you, you just, you're like, oh, you just can't help but get it out. It's just gripped your heart and you're just overflowing with love and passion for Jesus and willing to share what he's done in changing your life. Or is the good news, and, and I'm sure we've all been here before, I've been here before, is the good news for you more of a, a theoretical thing that you kind of understand at an intellectual level but you don't actually feel it personally deep down within. Well, if you're with us as well, if you're seeking spiritual truth today, and this is is the first step to take. This is the first step to take. Place your faith in Jesus Christ. Trust that he has paid the price for your sin and receive the new life that he freely offers today. There's nothing better The world will say there's plenty of things better, but I can tell you from experience, there is nothing better, nothing more fulfilling, nothing richer in the world at all than the blessing that comes from knowing and enjoying and being intimate with Jesus Christ. There's just nothing. So if that's you, if you're seeking spiritual truth today, make today the day you humbly approach and follow Jesus, trusting him with your life. Okay. Whew! I'm excited. Big Kev. Okay, so once our hearts are gripped by the gospel and we have a heart that longs to share the gospel, it's outworking naturally, and we start to engage in spiritual conversations with others, how do we go about it? What can we do? What are some things that we should actually be mindful of? How can we more effectively share the gospel? Well, Here's the first of Sam Chan's three points. I've tweaked them slightly, but here it is. One, hospitality is important. Hospitality is important. I think sometimes, as Christians, in our eagerness to share the gospel with others, we forget about laying the framework for those kind of conversations with others. Would anyone agree with that? You know, you might have experienced this before, before you came to place your faith in Jesus Christ, or if you're seeking spiritual truth with us today and you haven't yet come to trust and place your faith in Jesus Christ, perhaps this has been your experience of Christians in the past. You know, you may have found Christians to be pushy, eager to go there with you for those deep spiritual conversations, but not actually willing to kind of um, get to know, enjoy and value you as a person first. You know, hospitality is a powerful, powerful thing. It's not coincidental that our Saviour spent so much of his time eating and drinking, hanging out with people who needed to hear about the kingdom, is it? There's no coincidence. It's a powerful, powerful thing and it should be the very foundation for any gospel conversation that we have. For any conversation, really, but especially those gospel ones. Few things say, I value you more than setting aside, intentionally, purposefully setting aside some time to be with someone. And who knows that so often sharing a a time over food or having a drink together or going out for coffee or tea or cake like the 50s plus are doing in a few weeks, who knows that they're the kind of moments that so often lead to, um, you know, developing relationship and trust with people. They just do. The, The reality is occasionally God might prompt you to have a spiritual conversation with someone that you've never met before and you don't have any relational trust or rapport with. That's true. But more often than not, spiritual conversations come best from a place of relationship and trust with people. And here's the thing that, I don't know, reflecting back on my own journey with this, this is something I haven't been very good at either. You know, with hospitality, often we're good at inviting people to come somewhere where we feel comfortable, but true hospitality is reciprocal. Yeah? You know, it goes both ways. When we're seeking to share the gospel with someone, and someone invites us to join them at their place to watch the game or... Harry and Megan on Netflix, or um, whatever it might be, we should be people who would make every effort to go, shouldn't we, yeah? We should be people who drop everything to seek to go. Maybe not for Harry and Megan, but... Be patient, be genuine in seeking to build relationship, and just enjoy time with them as a human being, and be ready to have spiritual conversations when Holy Spirit leads you to. Not only does not only does hospitality put people at ease, makes people feel comfortable, but genuine hospitality, spending quality time with others, often actually leads to these type of deeper conversations. Who's who's known that before? If you if you're in a place where you're just having an incidental conversation, it's like, oh yeah, how's the weather? Good. How's your day? Yeah, good. What are you doing after church? Nothing. <laughs> It's, it's not as good as sitting down with a coffee with someone or a tea and just sitting down and, and then you're able to actually connect with someone. We know this to be true. So, here's the thing. Let's grow as hospitable people in 2023. Let's grow as people who invest in relationships, who genuinely love people as people and make the most of the opportunities that arise to share the gospel with others as we're led to by Holy Spirit. Right, so that's the first, and this leads well to the second. And it's this, be realistic about our conversations. It's a really important one. Who here has a family member or a friend that you would literally do anything to see them come to know Jesus Christ? Anyone? All of us, that's good. Have you ever gone into a time spent with them where either you were hoping to share the gospel with them, or you were wanting to kind of, you know, just share some kind of spiritual truth with them, and then you've gone away frustrated because you didn't quite get there. You weren't able to share the full hope for the reason that's, that you have, you know? Many of us, I'm sure, have been in this place. Well, here's the thing when it comes to sharing the gospel, and this is freeing, friends, so hear it. More often than not, sharing the full gospel, the full story, occurs through a series of faithful conversations, not one perfect conversation. Yeah, Sharing the gospel, so so often we kind of think, oh, I've got to have the presentation down pat, and I've got to have the right testimony for this particular person so they can really relate with what God's done in my life and that sort of thing. No, you don't. You just have to be faithful in opening your mouth as led by the Holy Spirit in sharing whatever he leads you to, or even whatever there's actually opportunity for you to share in the time that you've got. Yeah? Do you remember, do you remember when Melinda Dwight from Alpha came? quite a few years ago now. And she shared this beautiful illustration with us called the Clock clock Face of Faith. And the idea is, if you're not familiar with it, is say everyone starts at 12 o'clock. That 12 o'clock is no desire whatsoever for Jesus, maybe even atheist, other worldviews altogether. And the idea Melinda shares is, as Alpha serves to do, is it helps to move people gradually along the journey. So you have an interaction with a loved one and maybe something that God prompts you to share helps take them from no faith at all to, well, maybe there is a God. But if, he's, if there is a God, he's certainly not good because look at the world and the way it is. And then someone else has an interaction with them and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I can see how... There is a God, and he sounds like a loving guy, but I want nothing to do with him. And then a third interaction, all of a sudden, okay, there's a God, he sounds pretty good, maybe I actually need to have a closer look at this. Do you know know what I'm saying? But too often we think we've just got to get it right so that the clock goes like this. But that's not reality. That's not how life works. That's not even how Jesus always operated, did he? Jesus shared the truth and those many people rejected him. He didn't then even go back to give them an opportunity to keep moving. He's like, okay, I'll keep going to someone who will listen. But for us, we're called to have a consistent gospel conversations, consistent faithful investment in people. As Sam Chan says in his book, we don't need to share the full gospel in every single conversation, but we do need to learn how to take conversations deeper with people over time, yeah? If we want to see people's lives transformed by encountering Jesus, we need to learn to to kind of shift conversation deeper, always with respect, always lovingly, but we need to have intentional conversations. Little by little, moment by moment, we should be inviting Holy Spirit. What do you want to say through me today? Is there a word that you have for this person that I can just somehow weave into conversation that will kind of open a door a little bit? And, and you can be guaranteed he will. Not always talking about the weather. Not always talking about the footy. Not always talking about all these things like Harry and Megan that won't live past today but about the deeper things of life. Some of you may remember Tim Anderson. He was the minister here in Hillsville. He's now the minister of Holy Trinity Anglican Church in Hastings. As he suggests, we, le- we need to learn to move conversations from interests to values, and from values to worldviews. Do, do you see what I'm saying here? So rather than just, oh yeah, you're interested in cars or whatever, need to move that to, well, what's the value underpinning that? Oh, it's that you you have excellence in your life or you appreciate created things or whatever. And so then moving further and further over time as led by Holy Spirit until we can gently challenge people's worldviews, whatever they might be. Does that make sense? And you see, as we do that, as we do that, not in our own strength, not with our own wisdom, because I certainly don't have enough of it when I come to share the gospel. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to really speak through us, here's the thing that happens. Gospel seeds get planted. Gospel seeds get planted. Truth is shared, even in the smallest of seeds. Jesus is shared and hearts get impacted, guaranteed. So friends, let's be faithful this year in having ongoing conversations with people. Let's not just think we need to blurt it all out in one go. Let's not give up when maybe we've faced opposition in the past, but let's be faithful in conversation and let's not feel like we need to hit people up with all the information straight away. Jesus, we follow Jesus who was eternally patient and remains patient as he waits for people to come to him right now. We don't need to share the full gospel in every conversation, but we will eventually share the full gospel as we engage faithfully and patiently in ongoing conversations over time. And here's the thing, we can be sure that our God who desires for none to perish, not one, he will use our faithfulness, even our own bumbling, even our own stupidity at times in how we go about sharing, he will use us to draw people to himself. It's just how he works. Okay. So Sam Chan encourages us to remember that one, hospitality is important. Two, that we should be realistic about our conversations. And here is one that is an absolute lost art in today's world, we should seek to be good listeners. We should seek to be good listeners. In our technologically distracted, our short attention span world today, very few people actually listen to other people that they're interacting in conversation with. Has anyone experienced that before? More often than not, we're we're present with people physically we might be sitting down having a cuppa and cake with them while not actually being present with them in the actual conversation, yeah? We're there responding as we're on our phone like that guy there. Oh, yes. Oh, that must be really hard for you. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, the weather's good, yeah. While we're completely consumed and distracted by any other number of things. And if we're honest, and let's be honest, honesty is the first place towards growth, isn't it? Got to be real with where we're at. Maybe some of us are there, and perhaps we can even think, even as I've said that, you're thinking of certain people in your own life that are very much that way. Most of the time, they're, they're there with you, they're listening, but they're actually not listening to a word that you're saying. In our self-obsessed, and that's what it is really, it's selfishness, isn't it? All my thoughts and whatever's going on in my brain is more important than this person created in the image of God before me. That's ultimately, if you boil it down, what's going on. And in our self-obsessed, distracted world, almost nothing could be more important for us in wanting to share the gospel than actually listening to people. Yeah? To developing the art of actually being present and actively listening to others prior to getting into ministry i i studied social work and worked in the field for a number of years and if you've ever studied social work psychology counseling you might have heard this term before active listening active listening is about not only hearing the words that are said which so often we struggle to do nowadays, but actually seeking to understand the meaning and the intent behind the words that are said. Does that make sense? It involves being fully present in conversations, maintaining eye contact, not interrupting. Man, wouldn't how many times do we have to go like this to ourselves? Reflecting back what it is you're hearing people say. It sounds like what what's really important to you is freedom. Or it sounds like, for you, um, you're, fi- you're really struggling under the weight of this family situation. You know, actually, and that, people hear that, and they're like, oh, this guy's actually listening to me. Asking good open-end, open-ended questions. Not, not a question like, did you like Mary Poppins, the musical? Yes. Closed question, just a single-word response but an open question. What was it about Mary Poppins that particularly grabbed you? Oh man, when this scene came on and the stage popped out and then you get the picture. Asking questions that show that you're actually interested in the person and also questions that encourage further conversation that don't immediately bring that line of conversation to a quick close, yeah? And, friends, you see, when, we're, when we actively listen to people, we honour the person that we're in conversation with, don't we? They feel respected. They feel loved. They feel like they're actually being heard, and they are. And we all know from experience that the, these people who actually listen are few and far between. We know that painfully, to be true. So I want to suggest that if we were to commit this year to grow as people who, who actually listen, who, who, who are actually present, who, who grow our ability to be active in listening and get rid of these things and just be present in conversation with people, I reckon that's probably going to bear some good gospel fruit, isn't it? It is. It is. In a, in a world where no one listens because everyone is so self-obsessed, people who genuinely listen are going to be respected and God is going to open up doors through that relationship and rapport that you have where you will be able to share the gospel with the person in a series of conversations and who knows what's going to happen. That's just the reality. There's no question about it. Friends, God's heart is to see Every single person come to hear the gospel and then to respond to the gospel that they're hearing. And he wants to use us, as we've, as we've seen from scripture. He wants to use us, each and every one of us, to share the gospel with people who haven't yet chosen to follow him. So, will you, will you, this year, will you in 2023 recommit or even commit for the very first time if this is something that you have never done before to sharing the gospel with friends families and whoever god brings across your path to share with will you do that will you allow the good news to completely capture and grip your heart so that actually sharing the good news with others doesn't become like something that you think you should do. It's a natural overflow of a heart that is grateful and captured and overcome with the wonder of the gospel yourself. And will you take encouragement from Sam Chan's tips, the three that I've shared today, and if you want all 10, go and grab a copy of his book. I recommend it. So you can more effectively share the gospel with others this year. Here's the thing, friends. God is the one who draws people to himself. Yeah? Amen? We don't draw people to God. God draws people to himself. And who's the one who saves people? God. We don't save anyone. But we're called to join God in this process of drawing and seeing people come to a place of salvation As we're empowered by the Spirit, we are called to share the gospel. So let's all join with Jesus this year and commit to having these kind of meaningful gospel conversations. Who knows what might happen as we allow Holy Spirit to guide and speak through us. I'm pretty sure that God will use us to effectively share the gospel with the people we love and interact with because let's be real here. I think sometimes we forget this, but we really need to just have faith that this is true, truer than truer than anything. This is so true. He loves the people we love even more than we do. He passionately desires to see the people that are breaking our hearts because they're walking away from him come to know him even more than we do. That's good news, friends. That is really good news. How about I just pray for us now, that we would grow as gospel sharers this year, that we would grow as people who passionately share the gospel because the gospel is passionately, is a passion of ours at work inside. Let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, we praise you so much for what what you've done, for who you are, for all the wonderful promises, for the reality of enjoying life with you now, we, just, we could praise you all day, Jesus. We truly do have 10,000 reasons to worship and praise you. And God, I just pray that this year would be a year where we would see you do things that we haven't seen you do before. As we get our own hearts right, as we allow the gospel to take root within us, as we live out our lives in light of the gospel, and allow you, Holy Spirit, to do that heart work in us, to make make sharing the good news, to make the good news good news for us, firstly, and then, Lord, to make sharing the good news not something that we feel we ought to do or we should do or anything like that, but make something that naturally is an overflow of our heart as our hearts are gripped with the gospel too. So, God, would you do that work? And we pray, Lord, And thank you for Sam Chan and all the great resources that he's put together. Pray a blessing on him and the ministries he's involved in. But Lord, we pray that those kind of tips, that you would outwork them and work on them in our own lives. So God, we might grow as people who are able to effectively share the gospel and have meaningful spiritual conversations with the people we love, with our friends, with our family members and anyone else that Holy Spirit brings across our path this year and into the years ahead. So we praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we take heart in knowing that as much as we want to see people come to know you, you want it so much more. So we take heart knowing that you are the one who draws, you are the one who saves, and we get the privilege of joining with you in this work. May we see fruit this year, Jesus, and may you get all the glory.